Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Stimulus 2.0 is on the way, we think. If you're counting, it's technically the fifth bill they're starting to piece together. Uh, I'm calling it Stimulus 2.0 because pretty much all of the 1.0 stuff happened at once, and now a big part of that is ending. The extra $600 a week of unemployment benefit expires this week. The government's scrambling to figure something out to get it or something like it extended, along with some more financial help. First draft of the Republican plan is going to be released this afternoon. It's expected to be a trillion dollars. That's a third of what the Democrat plan was that was passed in the House back in May. Nothing like waiting to the last minute to all get all this sorted out. What should we expect? Uh, Likely another stimulus check will be coming. Probably that will be $1,200. Exactly who's going to qualify this time? That's still up for debate. Um, Also likely some of the $600 a week unemployment benefit will be extended, but probably not the flat $600 a week We'll see how that works out. The clock is ticking. But today on Dumb Money Live, we're looking at another side of the stimulus. We're diving deep into how additional stimulus will affect the stock market, how we're preparing for the various possible scenarios, and we're going to reveal our favorite stimulus stock picks. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean. Streaming live on YouTube, we are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Monday morning on a big week for the future of the stimulus and uh, the extension, the economy, all, all of this stuff going on. But uh, the first thing we have to do, because it's Monday morning and everyone's sleepy, including the YouTube algorithm, is we need you to smash that like button. Have, have, have you have both of you smashed it already? Boom! Right there, Dave. I got my <laughs> smash in. No, but I did like the smash button. So I love done. the smash button. <laughs> done. Ooh. All right, and Chris, you're back. You're back in your um, home studio, looking more like a. You're panning for gold than ever. I don't understand your facial hair situation. How was your trip? Dude, it was so great. I am so refreshed. I can't even tell you the last two, three days of my trip. All I wanted to do was get back and start working. Like I, I, I am so freaking excited about the next three or four months of trading. I just want to to research and research and work and work and get trades on. Like I feel like, you know, the the few weeks before this trip, as you might have noticed, I was just kind of fading away. I was so overwhelmed by just we. We've been going nonstop since February, right? Like nonstop. Yeah. And I haven't left my home. I I just I didn't realize how badly I needed just to get out, not even think about stocks. I thought a little bit we did a couple shows when I was there, but I was gone the second that show was over and wasn't thinking about anything. But man, just getting that reset was so important. As a trader, as an investor, you get so in your head with this stuff. 
And you know I love it, but I can't just do it. I can't do it 24-7 for five months straight without even taking a break. And it was it was awesome. Man, let me tell you this, by the way. If you are uh, a, 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 a virus-cautious person like we are, like I am, do not go to Mississippi, okay? <laughs> do not try through. We, we went to Florida, of course, but we drove. We drove, we drove to Mississippi, and we stopped in Jackson, and man, dude— they don't. They don't recognize this thing at all. They don't recognize this virus at all. No one wearing masks. Even the guy at the hotel wasn't wearing a mask. I I get in the in the elevator and no one was. People are walking out with no mask out of an elevator. You know that's my worst that's, nightmare. Yeah, that's no, crazy to me. Literally envisioning the the aerosol virus in that elevator, and I'm like, I literally would get in and I would close my eyes. Okay, on the way up <laughs> the elevator, while I'm wearing my N95 mask. With my eyes closed, okay, going up to my room. Here's a picture of you and the and the family. That was us. Fully fully masked up. And and, and that that's uh, so on the way back, I was like, I'm not stopping through Mississippi. So we stopped in New Orleans, right? And let me tell you about New Orleans now. First of all, the Ritz Carlton New Orleans. I had a lot of points. I haven't been spending. I've been like getting more points for my credit card, as you know. The the the, the Dave Hansen's YouTube channel. Uh, hey there, Dave here. If you want to know anything about credit card points, that is the channel to watch. But, I, you know, I got the Ritz-Carlton card, and I have like 1.2 million Marriott points now. And I, I you know, used them for a free stay at the Ritz. And they did an excellent job. They had, they had the plexiglass at the uh, check-in counter with a guy with a mask behind it. They had signs everywhere, you must wear a mask, even though some people didn't. Um, but here's the thing about the New Orleans, dude. That city, oh... Dude, it looked like the it was like the apocalypse, post-apocalypse. Like I can't even tell, I can't even put into words how distraught it was walking around that city. Like nobody on a Saturday evening, nobody there um, except for some local drunks on the streets. I are, mean, are it, the bars it was, closed there? The bars were technically open. Nobody was there. No, I mean, it was the a most boarded up. A lot of it. A lot of places boarded up, even across, even right around Bourbon Street. Um, you know, we walked to get some beignets at, you know, Cafe du Monde, uh, my favorite. Uh, I, we walked all the way there and the didn't go in because I, I realized the window to buy them was inside. You know, I'm not going to go inside. Right. We yeah. ended up finding a Cafe du Monde drive through on the way out uh, that we went through. And even that for me was a little nerve wracking because you know how we microwave our to go food here before we even eat it. But <laughs> it was great, man. I'm ready to be back. We got so dude, we got so much to talk about. I, I already have shows in my head for the next two or three months. And we got Dave, we got the election. And Jordan, we're, this we're, show, we're within a hundred days of the election now. We're gonna have a bunch of shows about that. Thursday this week is the most insane earnings day ever. It is face it's basically all of Fang. It's Facebook, Apple, uh, Amazon. And Google all reporting after hours on Thursday, and we are going to do a live show uh, during the announcements, and we're going to be getting getting the numbers in. We're gonna we have we are we are invested in those companies big, and we'll we'll tabulate how much we have at stake, and and you definitely don't want to miss Thursday's show. How about back to school? How about an online education episode? Like people have been asking us for that, dude. I have so much work to do before that episode. There's a number of online education uh, companies that are public. 
there's just so much going on. Also, that last episode we did on Tesla, a guy tweeted me and said that there was another guy in our Discord group who's like the ultimate Tesla expert, and I, we need to research him further, but I feel like we need to do a, a, a follow-up show with that member, that Dumb Money uh, Discord member on the show. If he really is that you know that in... Uh, on all the Tesla stuff, I'd love to have him critique our show. Tell us where we were wrong. Uh, tell us what we missed, right? I, I'd love to have one of our own Discord members on our show. Can we figure out how to do that in the next few weeks? I think that'd yeah. be awesome. Oh, absolutely. That, that, that'll that be great because de de debunking all of the Tesla rumors and what's what's true and what's not and what, what you can uh, count on actually happening versus what Elon says is going to happen. Can you, Jordan, could you give us just uh, a, a little bit of a tease into the one more thing that we have for this show, which I think is incredibly important if you're trading? Yeah, I, mean, I fell off I, the cliff I, into damn Twitter last night um, about this, <laughs> pun intended, about this uh, Three Gorges Dam issue and major flooding that's going on in China. Um, could have huge impacts to... I mean, people's lives, first of all, um, already has displaced millions of people, um, could displace a whole lot more, could kill people um, if anything drastic happens. Uh, but yeah, we need to talk about it. Um, but yeah. I want to get your views on that later, Jordan, because I also went pretty, tried to get pretty deep in that late last night. Um, I, I, I was honestly, I had my stimulus trades, and I was, if not for that, I would have put on these stimulus trades this morning, but I was kind of afraid to do it because of that. So we need to talk about that before the episode's over. But uh, Dave, on stimulus trades, I, I, listen, I've been moving so fast. I, I, I drove I drove eight and a half hours yesterday back from New Orleans in the rain. Wow. I was just, my mind was a different place, but I did some meditation on stimulus trades, stimulus 2.0. I did some deep meditation on it, and I feel that I have my I have my stimulus 2.0 trades and okay. I feel pretty good about them okay well so, and I want to I want to in addition to the actual trades I want to talk about the scenarios so I yes, yes, you know exactly. I thought about three scenarios I, I actually it's in the description of this video the unlikely scenario is that uh, the expiration of that $600 a week benefit is going to happen and no additional stimulus will happen very unlikely something has to happen i think yeah. more likely but we should be prepared for that what if what if nothing happens we should we should know what we're going to do more likely is the new stimulus plan some added unemployment benefits um and possibly those will be done in time and we'll have an uninterrupted flow of the additional payments but more likely than that the new plan will be announced and there's going to be a delay in implementing it. And so there's going to be this little window where people who were getting the $600 then drop down to just getting their state benefits, then they get bumped up to some different amount that may or may not be 600 for them. It may be less, it may be more, depending on where they are and their their percentage. It's, it's basically now going to be, at least the, the thought is, it's going to be based on a percentage of salary replacement. Okay, but, but let's talk about the process for that because the Republicans will release their plan in detail today. They have not. It's, it's already been leaked. What... The the uh, New York Times had it over the weekend, but I don't I don't know if it was uh, who it was from. Or, but it, but the kind of bullet points of what they are trying to put in this thing is coming out at I think four thirty Eastern today. Um, but 
the 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 set okay let's talk about the biggest thing in this plan okay the biggest thing in this plan for us as investors right this second at least uh is that twelve hundred dollars that is strong okay i i was actually shocked when i heard that they were going to come out and do the full twelve hundred do you know what that means i think let's just talk about what this was last time so everyone understands this that is twelve hundred per person so to a family that meets the income requirements under 75k per person i think it is or under 99k for the family that's 1200 per person so that's 2400 dollars plus a child credit is it 500 four five hundred per child i think it might be 500 so if you have a one child right or two children that potentially is $3,400, right? Or I don't know if it's capped at one child or how it works. I forget. But basically, well, And we don't know that it's going to work exactly the same or who's going to qualify. I think they're kind of reworking the qualification thresholds. But again, we don't even know what the Republicans are going to propose as a counter to what the Democrats have already passed in the House. So it's, it's well, kind of just all up in the air at this point. Yeah, but, but I think you're likely looking at a 20 something hundred dollar average payout per family. It's going to be somewhere in the 2000 plus level per family cash check. Okay. Like, and it will go quicker this time because I have the system hopefully worked out a little better this time as an investor. We'll get back to this later in the show. That's the most important piece in terms of like, man, cash in your pocket. Where is it going? Right? Like, right. That's a big chunk of cash in your pocket. And like everybody gets it. That's under income requirement, whether, and this is the important part, whether you have a job or not. Okay. Because the people that have jobs that are doing just the same as they were before that get an extra 2000, 3000, 2500 in the pocket of their family, that's the money I'm looking at, okay? So that's the money I want to know where that goes because the people that don't have jobs that are scraping by, for the most part, if we look at what happened last time, a lot of that money went to food and rent and just kind of getting by, okay? Yeah. And, and it's sad, but 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 that's that's the truth of the matter. Um, but as an investor, it's the it's the 70% or 80% of people that actually still have their job right, that are doing just fine, right, and that they're getting extra cash in their pocket. That's what's interesting. Um, but what I was confused about, the Republicans keep saying 70% income replacement for the unemployed. I'm like, why are they using a set? Like, just tell us what the number is. I'm curious to see what the number is. I know it was rumored 100 bucks versus, there's no way they're going from 600 to 100. That's not happening, okay? That's not happening. Um well, it's, it's, it would be a different numbers? number. It, it would be a different number based on your wages. So the state gets you to whatever their number is, and then the federal would be a number on top of that. But for the lower earners, it would be less than 300 or 600 and, and potentially even you know less. And as, the, as your wage goes up to get you to 70%, that dollar amount goes up. So it's not just a flat fixed number for everyone. It really depends on your wages. And there was, I saw a really good animated chart um on on some website that that kind of showed the the averages at various um at various wage levels and where that where that number would be and it's where would it be in all of this i didn't see that i didn't see do can you give me an idea is it roughly two three hundred a week is it four hundred a week like again it I would it varies if you're in the lower income it could be fifty dollars a week if you're in a higher income it could be eight hundred dollars a week because it needs to get is you it? to eighty percent that way that's that is what yeah, that is like what is being scale type deal. Yeah. Yes, that's what's being proposed. Okay. 
Yeah. So, or, so or hasn't if, officially been proposed, but has been yeah. rumored to be what they're talking about. Right, which would be no, way more complicated to implement too. I mean, they don't have yeah. a ton of time to get this money out. You know what I mean? I don't and think the, it's going to happen. Like that's another barrier that uh, can the, I the just Dems say, will uh, kick down the. You know, I think that they're using that as a negotiation tactic because at the end of the day, don't you think, Jordan? Don't you think? This is just the start of a process still, right? Like, don't you think the Democrats are obviously going to come back in the, in the House and, and negotiate this? Aren't they using that as a ploy to just be like, okay, fine, we'll go with a flat 385 a month or 375, whatever it happens to be, right? Or 400 a month. Sure, it could be a negotiating ploy so that they can get like a tax reduction or something like that. Yeah, right? Which was another thing that I think the, that the Republicans are wanting to try to push through with this one is some sort of tax break for small businesses. Because don't you think the Republicans want to say, hey, we're trying – and by the way, this is – for everyone – for those of y'all that don't know, we lit- we are the most apolitical show ever. We don't give – we don't give anything about Democrats, Republicans. All we care about is money, okay, in, in, term- in, the- in terms of the way we- that we interpret this information, okay? Um, we-, we-, we care a lot about a lot of stuff, right? But, but for purposes of this show – we really leave our politics aside. Um, I think that the Democrats are going to come back and negotiate. The Republicans want to say they're doing the right, the smart thing by having this scaled system that makes sense. But it's going to be too difficult to implement. Maybe they'll figure it out. But I feel like we're going to end up with something a little more simple than that. And they're just using it as a negotiation ploy, right, to say, OK, well, let's just let's, they're not going to do the 600 flat. There's no way. I'm thinking maybe 400, maybe 375. So, Chris, this this chart that's on the screen now is, and, and I'll make it bigger here. This is um, what the top dot is what the six hundred dollars looked like previously, okay? And I have to get us out of the way. This is live live TV without any uh, <laughs> without any uh, preparation. Um, so, this six hundred dollars is uh, that top line is is what it was. The bottom line is what the state provides. And then the dot in the middle is where a 70% wage replacement would be. So if at your, at the $20,000 level, that would be, and I can't, uh, this is an interactive while I'm on the screen, so I can't really show you, but let me see if I can, everything, everything's just bouncing around. Here we go. It's good. I get it. So basically, once you get to around what sixty, eighty thousand dollars a year, we're back up to that six hundred dollar a month level, right? Yes, it, and that looks like it's happening at, at um, the around. But probably but the, the, the here's the thing: fifty-five, sixty thousand dollar level. I don't think the Republicans are going to be. I I don't think they're going to say that anybody at that high of an income level needs to be at seventy percent. So I, I could see them capping the whole thing at 500 or 600 or whatever it happens to be. I don't see well, you know, the, the biggest thing they're trying to get out of this is that there's all the complaints about that. You can make more money sitting at home yeah. than if you go get a job. So they're just trying to encourage people to go get jobs if that's on the table for them, which for a but, lot of people, it's it, not on the table. At but all. as soon as, as soon as you are offered your job back, if you don't take it, you lose your benefits. So it's not like, yeah. it's not like you can just voluntarily work. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying though, no, no, you're missing it. So like, yeah, if you get offered your job back, that's one thing. But if you were to actively go and search for a job, that's another. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dave, there's a ton of people 
that are like just don't have a job. They were laid off before this started or there's a hundred different reasons yeah. um, why they don't have a job. A lot of these people, quite honestly, were in retirement uh, that retired eight months earlier and had no intentions of getting a new job uh, until this all happened. But uh, the thing is, there, there's a number of reasons why someone uh, would, if they were getting too much money, just would have no incentive to go back and look. So I, I, I see both sides. But I think there's a simpler way to do that, right? I mean, the Republicans had a simpler way that they tried to implement prior to Stimulus 1.0 at the last minute. Remember when the whole deal almost fell apart? Mm -hmm. And Bernie Sanders came out and said, oh, if he, they do that, he's going to go crazy and not, you know, not not sign the bill and filibuster. And the, and the Republicans said, fine, we got to get this done. There's too much political pressure. I think there's probably a simpler way. I'm looking forward to seeing how they do it. I almost don't think it matters. And here's why. I think that over the next three to five days, it's first of all, the Republicans are going to announce their plan today. The Democrats are going to hoot and holler. Oh, this is ridiculous. You know, they're going to They'll be like, they, and, and there's going to be a terrible fight for the next couple of days, right? The market will probably react negatively, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. And then around Thursday or Friday, right, they're going to be like, oh, we came up with a, with, with, with a, with a um, you know, a compromise plan that's probably more simple than what the Republicans will come out with today. And I guarantee you, because what? We're how far from the election cycle, Dave? 90 days? Yeah. They're both going to get a, We're going to get a deal done. We're going to spend a lot of money doing it. Do we all agree we're going to spend a lot of money doing it? Democrats have come out with $3 trillion. Republicans have said $1 trillion. It's going to be $2 trillion. They did $2.2 .2 the last time. It's going to be. We know what's going to happen. It's, it's just a matter of getting there. It's just a game. We got to play the game. And in the meantime, okay. it, that's it's just giving YouTubers something to talk about and giving everyone. You know, we, we don't have a, uh, a a water cooler to chit chat around anymore. But this is this is starting the conversations on Twitter and Facebook, and this is just a part of the cycle. It's oh, exhausting, it's so is what it is. I, no, I love this. I love this. Now <laughs> that I've had a vacation for a week. I love this. All right, so so one, one I think it's going to end up not at $2 trillion because the Democrats with their another $3 trillion, that was so over the top. Uh, I think we'll probably end up somewhere between $1.3 and $1.4 trillion. We should, do, we should do our predictions, okay? I'm going to say uh, 1.8. 1.35. 1.35. 1.35 trillion. I'll take 1.5. 1.5. One dollar, Bob. Okay, 1.35 <laughs> for Chris. I say 1.8. And uh, Jordan, you said 1.5? Yep. All right. Okay. I've, I've logged it in this official record-keeping document here. So uh, I actually think the real, real numbers, I think the real number will be 1.4, but I think I'll still win at 1.35. Well, you, get you get the under on the, yeah. yeah you're oh, no, the no, I'll give it to no, you. No, no, no. It, it's the, clo it's the closest. Closest, or we closest. Doing the, uh, closest, the... closest, closest. Just straight closest? up closest. Okay. Yeah, straight up closest. Okay. Yeah, this isn't the, yeah, we'll, we'll give it, we'll give it. Okay, <laughs> all right. So I think, here's the thing. Um, I think a deal. I know. I don't think. Let us let I us know, know in the chat. It looks like we also have some guesses coming in. Go ahead and log <laughs> your own guess. We, we, we're well, we're not going to be able to guys. tabulate what everyone said, but let's let's lock it in. We'll get it on the screen here so that uh, we can everybody can have bragging rights on Friday when this thing magically gets done. <laughs> I think it, I know a deal will get done before the and weekend, I, right? It has to get done before, before the, the weekend. weekend. 
and I know, or or at the worst case, Sunday night, right? Yeah, Sunday son, night. Uh-huh. Because and, otherwise, the market would. What would the market do on Monday? Oh, without it'd be, it'd be bloodbath. We're going to be on stimulus forever. It's heroin addiction. We'll never get off. Okay. Well, that's the thing, right? So, like, when does it all end? Does it end when we get the vaccine, which know. is like the middle of next year? I don't. It's crazy, Jordan. It's does it end? And ever. It's never, ever, ever going to end. <laughs> okay, so. 1.5, 1. 1.5. I think we're all, look, look at everyone's, everyone's pretty close with this. 1.4, 195, 2, 1, 2, yeah. 299. $100 trillion. I'm afraid someone's going to steal my 1.4 and, and, and beat me with the clean Well, no, we have our own numbers locked in. The, the, the real competition is the three of us, but this, this is for bragging rights among chatters. Okay, so here's the thing, guys. It's happening. It's going to get done. We know it's getting done. I'm going to say it right now. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really good, positive, big deal that we're getting this done. I mean, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. As an investor, as an investor, I have been looking forward to this stimulus all month because, man, there is there people don't understand. There is nothing, nothing like fresh cash. Okay. Into the just injecting no. people don't my, my first uh you know one of my first phone meetings I had with and I won't mention him by name but my my closest and and the Wall Street guy I, I respect more than any other um he he told he you know he helps run a big hedge fund and he said you know Chris I don't think people realize this is when stimulus 1.0 happened and I was talking to him about how the ne- they saw the next few months uh unravel he said i don't think people comprehend the implications of three trillion dollars of uh fed and um you know and and stimulus right like that it's that three trillion dollars is such an unprecedented number people don't even understand what that does to the economy they don't understand what that does to to pockets and we're about to inject a nut i don't even think they got the full three trillion dispersed by the way but this one it's been been allocated but not dispersed i think uh there's still a trillion dollar un unallocated or allocated but not yet dispersed yeah yeah when they're like small business wasn't it like the mostly small business uh funds it was so weird the way it was done, but this, I mean, to throw out another 2000 bucks plus per family uh, to, to continue the unemployment, even though it won't be as crazy as it was before until January, which is what's going to happen, obviously. They can't say we'll continue it through December 1st. It's too obvious that it's political, right? So they have this really nice date of, oh, we'll, we'll do it through the end of the year. But what does that really mean? That means that, okay, we can, both political parties can, like, not have the headache uh, of this, right, going through the election cycle. So we're going to get a nice, fat stimulus, okay? We're going to get a nice, fat stimulus that's going to juice, either, you can see, look at it one or two ways. It's either going to juice the market or put a floor on the market, right? I think, for some period of time. Uh and and that's why I just as an investor who is mostly long, I a little bit short. I did put on a new short. I'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, I I just love this. But the question is, it's not everything, right? I mean, we learned this last time. There are there are winners and non-winners. I don't know if there's big big losers from the stimulus 2.0, but there are definitely those that will win more than others. So. 
Do you want to start? Let's talk about that. I mean, do you are there any that pop in your mind? And by the way, well, let's, I, hey, let's talk about where people are spending, right? Because um, there are some stats that have come out about what people have spent their initial rounds of stimulus on. Yep. And surprisingly, I mean, the biggest portion has been paying down debt, paying your mortgage, and paying bills, right? And so that's the stuff that really doesn't get us super excited, but you can also think about it as, um, you know, there's some REITs that support some of these things. Um, and so it's gonna, that's gonna keep liquidity going into some of these um, REITs that have like, you know, home mortgages or, um, you know, apartments and things like that. Um, the other thing to think about is maybe even credit cards, right? Because, um, and I don't know which side I want to play on this because one is that maybe it increases spending on credit cards. So, you know, that can benefit Visa and MasterCard. Um, the other is that people are paying down their credit card debt, which means that they're going to be, you know, I, I feel like these credit card companies like to have people maxed out because then they're paying the 18% interest and paying the minimum payments and all these things, right? Yeah, so they're, We saw they're terrible earnings from American Express because yeah, of their so that's the business thing, right? spending. So, and the yeah. Visa MasterCard, those 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 are still doing well because people are continuing to use their credit cards. Um, it's doing but, well, but I think what I think you're seeing is spending flattening out right now, and it's not going back full onto the pre you know pandemic levels. And so well, people are getting you know, nervous that they're going to lose the six hundred dollars at this point. It, it looks like true. you know people people were in spending crazy when they first got the twelve hundred dollar checks and the six hundred dollars, and all of this all of this was immediately spent. And then we have seen a slowdown in spending, and I think spending. As soon as the twelve to twenty four hundred dollar checks clear, we're gonna have another spin fest, right? Well, could we just talk about the research first? I think it's really important. I spent a lot of time uh, looking into what people did during stimulus one point zero, and I think a lot of the articles are just junk out there. And here's why: they, 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 let's not mix what people said they were spending the stimulus on. Versus what they actually spent. Because 95% of what I read, the article would like have a headline and talk about it as in here's what people did with this are doing with the stimulus. Yeah. And here's what they did with the stimulus. But like, okay, they said here's what they did, but it was really just self-reported, here's what I'm doing. Yeah. And a lot of it was using a like forecasted what people said they were gonna do before they even got it. And so I spent, as you know, a decade in the market research industry, uh, building one of the largest panels in the world, uh, E-Rewards uh, Research Now. And I will tell you this about market research. It's mostly completely junk. People do not do what they say they're going to do. They didn't, they didn't even do what they said they did. OK, so we're, if you look hard enough, you will find some data about what they actually spent their money on. But you don't even need to do that because the truth is you could just look at what companies reported better right after that stimulus, right? And, and But let's go to some of the research. I think what people said they were going to do, Jordan, is what, what you're referring to. Yeah. You're right. Pay down debt. And then we know that happened. That did happen. Food food, right? Um, bills, uh, mortgage, rent, rent. And mortgage. Yep. Yeah. Rent and mortgage. But here's the thing, guys, we're talking about of this 1 trillion or 1.4 trillion. <laughs> we're talking about like, I think I estimated somewhere between 200 and 300 billion of that is going to go in this one-time payment. I think two to 250. Well, so let's just say we have $250 billion that is being sent out instantly, cash money, 
$250 billion in cash money getting sent out. The fascinating thing, guys, is that let's just say that 80% of that goes to food and paying your bills and rent and all that stuff, okay? The other 20%, okay, is still like $50 billion. Do you have any idea how much $50 billion is when it's dispersed all at once and people are spending it all at once? So I was looking at what people said they were going to do. And what was fascinating to me, I'm just going to, there's three areas here that I'm excited about. Uh, The first one I'll talk about right now, 5% of people, 5% said that they were going to spend their stimulus on video games, <laughs> okay, five percent. Now, five percent <laughs> might not sound like a lot of money, but five percent of two hundred and fifty billion dollars is twelve billion dollars. Okay, now let's think about that. <laughs> think about that. Okay, now I, that that's just self-reported, right? But if that number were correct, that's twelve. And I'm not trusting that number because I bet you a lot of the people in the survey were like 13 years old and not getting a stimulus check because that's how the market research industry works. The market research industry pays people to answer surveys. To answer a survey, yeah. exactly. And, and guess who is really willing to spend half an hour answering a survey for, for, for $2. a bunch of junky points yeah. that they could redeem for a gift card? People that are 12 years old saying they're 28 and work at IBM, okay? So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to spend it on video games. But let's just say that even – let's just say that even half of those were legit or is real. That would be like $6 billion that people would spend probably over the course of a week on video game and video game-related stuff, okay? So my number one pick. Activision. Activision. I'm already in Activision, okay? Um, I will buy more Activision as one of my stimulus 2.0 trades because I actually do believe that there are a lot of 18-year-old plus uh, who will be getting those stimulus checks. Uh, And as we know, the majority of the video game players are actually adults now and, like, young adults. And, yes, they they spend crazy money on... um, you know, like especially all these uh, the, these games where you basically it's in game funding, right? So you're constantly just buying stuff in game, battle passes and various things. Uh, and Call of Duty is hot; it's been hot all year. I think it will continue to be one of the hot games going into the fall uh, for people to get checks just just to pay up. So uh, Call of Duty, Activision, boom! That's one of my three stimulus two point. What do you guys think? Does that make sense? It totally makes sense, uh, and it's one that I am not currently in. I have been in numerous times, in and out of, and yeah, I absolutely think that that it will do well. And look, they have earnings coming up soon too. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we all know what's happening in the fall of video games, right? The PS5 is coming out. My friend, my kid, and all of his friends are already talking about it. The Xbox is coming out, the new one. So Microsoft, good. They are. You can say, hey, this is already a big deal. Everybody already knew that. But, yeah, and you had a little pullback in Microsoft too, so maybe a good buying opportunity too. Yeah, they had some issues with um, the, actually the I think it was the cloud. I think was was hadn't grown as much as people anticipated it would yeah. over my Azure. Um, so here's the deal: I think it's going to be good for the video game sector. But who they were already going to sell? Let's be honest: they were going to sell every Xbox and PS5 that they can manufacture between now and the end of the year. So is this really going to help either one of those companies? I don't think so. What companies 
who can gen- if you had 10 billion that had to be spent on video games there's only a few companies that could actually sell an infinite amount of stuff and that's Activision because they have a game right um, that you call a duty where you could literally spend five grand tomorrow if you wanted to right you could just literally go right in the game as you're playing and every day spend 300 bucks every day just continue to spend money inside the game and that's what's so magical I mean, Obviously, Fortnite is another. It's a little. It's less of a pure play, right? Because Fortnite's owned by what Tencent, and it's just like the tiny piece of their world. But I think Activision, if you're going to be cash flush, that's where you're going to spend the most of your money. I mean, my kids on vacation, they must have spent sixty, seventy dollars each of their money, and that's like twenty percent of their net worth. Uh, on Fortnite skins, okay, over the Did last they? week, right? <laughs> they spent 20% of their net worth on Fortnite skins over the last week. They're 10 years old, you know? But, like, that's just, we don't let them play any other games, right, that are, like, more violent than that. But I don't know. I, I love I love Activision here. I think it's just, it's just a tailwind. It's a beautiful, beautiful tailwind for Activision going into the fall. So... I like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm actually uh, buying some right now. Nice, nice. And I was gonna buy more this morning, but then I was like, oh, we got. I want to hear Jordan's opinion first. Oh, you know what? What, what do we uh, think about Activision versus uh, Take Two? You got a comment? Um, oh, here. by the way, Take Two is great. I mean, listen, nothing against Take Two at all. Um, Take Two is awesome. They're well positioned, similar to Activision in terms of. You know, in grain, you know, in game spending. Um, I just, I've done more work on Activision than on Take Two. Take Two is a company that I was obsessed with like 10 years ago. It was probably the most active company in my portfolio in terms of my trading. I knew everything about them. Uh, I honestly am not, have not gone in deep on Take Two in a few years. Uh, I'm just more comfortable with Activision right now. And it looks like they both have earnings coming out right at the beginning of August, August 3rd for Take Two, August 4th for Activision. So definitely, definitely something we're going to be watching. Yeah. So, 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 so that, that, listen, nothing against other video game players. I just, I just did a lot of work on Activision over the past year, uh, year and a half, and I'm more comfortable with the name. That's all. Yeah. They both run a long way. Um, That's going to be the tough thing, right? Are they going to be able to meet earnings? But I mean, I mean, are they going to be able to meet, you know, what people are expecting out of them for earnings. But if there was a time for video game stocks, like this is it. A lot of people have a lot of time on their hands um, and an extra few bucks coming in. Right. Yeah. And, and excitement around the new gaming cycle too. Right. I mean, it's just, yeah. it is so exciting playing on a new platform with faster chips, uh, faster load times, new feature sets in terms of the way people can communicate, and there's a, you know there's some cool stuff coming out in the fall. And I think, listen, there's there will be a lot of buzz around video gaming coming in, in the fall, right? Anytime you have a new refresh cycle, that's honest. It's it's tremendous excitement. It's when every kid's getting their new platform. They're all going to be talking about it. They're all going to be playing games on it. It's it's a, it's a really big deal. So and and Wall Street follows that cycle too. So are you uh you're you're straight stock now? Are you considering any options? Because I know that we've done <laughs> Man, options play on this company in the past. We've much. done very well with it. I, I'm not. I'm right now. I don't have any options in it, and I just there's too much going on. There's too many different trades right now for me to focus enough on one to to develop the confidence level to be you know to get in on options right now. Uh, so no, I'm I'm just I'm 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 playing equity. 
Pedro wants to know why not Nintendo? Every Switch is sold out. No one can find one anywhere. And Pedro, we saw we saw your uh, your what do you what do you call it the money the money chat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you press that dollar sign and send some money, I did see it. I I want to acknowledge that. Thank you, Pedro. Um, Pedro, I love Nintendo. Uh, I've invested in Nintendo on and off over the past two, three years. Uh, they have sold out every Switch you can buy. The Switch is on fire. Just it's on fire. It just won't even stop. The demand won't stop for the Switch. But Pedro, I mean, everybody knows it. Um, and now we finally have a new refresh refresh cycle for the uh, Xbox and the PlayStation 5. And my thought pattern there is, you know, if there was ever time for Nintendo to take a breather, it's going to be this fall. Whether or not it's deserved or not, I think Wall Street's going to have so much focus and attention to the refresh cycle that Nintendo is not part of this fall. Um, that I kind of, you know, Nintendo, I, I just don't know anything that's going on in Nintendo that everybody doesn't already know about, right? Uh, my reason for investing in Activision here is I think microtransactions are big and getting bigger. I think Activision is relatively new in the microtransaction world. They're still building on it. They're still learning it. They're still getting better at it. I think over the next, you know, six to 12 months, They'll continue to tweak and figure out better ways to generate more microtransactions from the community than they could before. Um, I think the market doesn't really fully appreciate that. Uh, from the day that Fortnite first came out, I was that was a huge trade for me. Um, and, and I thought, gosh, you know, microtransactions, when a pure gaming company understands how to do this correctly and I could invest in it rather than Fortnite, you can't really invest in Tencent for Fortnite. Where it's a tough trade. Uh, when Activision finally got around to doing it, I immediately invested in them and really haven't looked back. So, uh, Are you looking at any um, technology ingredient plays behind these new platforms, uh, Mr. Gertrude brought up the AMD providing chips to both Xbox and PlayStation. I, like, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just not my style of trade because the market already knows about the refresh cycle. They're already trading that, right? That's part of AMD's story. Um, I think the microtransaction story, while it's fairly digested, I think it's so big, Wall Street really can't wrap their heads around just how big it is. I think in three or four years, we'll look back at the gaming sector, and it's kind of like when we when software moved from you know paying just paying for software and refreshing it every few years to SaaS, right? Like microtransactions is essentially SaaS for gaming a software as a service because the money just doesn't it doesn't stop flowing it just doesn't yeah. stop and i see it every day with my kids in Fortnite, they are earning money for doing things and immediately spending it on microtransactions and by the way the thing i love as a parent about microtransactions for games is that there's just it's not like physical crap that they bring into the house that then has to find a home once they get bored of it you know like, you'd rather I, they buy digital crap that you don't have to deal with than the physical crap that it. you have to find shelf space for or i love it so much secretly I throw love, it away i just told amy uh, on vacation i was like isn't this great that like they're not buying this junk anymore with their stuff they're just they're it's just this invisible stuff that once they get bored it just it lives in the game and we don't have to look at it, and it just—it's it's fantastic. Fantastic. You get a nice, tidy house. 
Right, it, totally. It's the greatest thing ever. Um, That's great. So I, I love it. I don't think the story is fully digested by Wall Street. And and listen, this this stimulus money, I think, is just one more thing, one more tailwind that, again, I'm not sure if it's fully digested. Uh, so, you know, it's not a high conviction trade. It's a, it's my stimulus 2.0 tailwind trade. I just want to yeah. be in Activision, maybe a little bit more in Activision going into the fall. That's all. All right. So video games, check. What else? <laughs> what do you got? What do you, I know you you guys been thinking about? So my, mine are super lame, and they're not. I mean, they're kind of stimulus. They're kind What's, of um, wait, they're kind of just like <laughs> with. Uh, no, I'm serious, and uh, uh, they're kind of just what what trends that I see happening. Um, and I think stimulus plays into it a little bit because of needs, but um, basically, restaurants aren't opening. Um, people don't want to work in restaurants. These waiters and waitresses are like. Heck no, I don't want to wear a face mask and I'm uncomfortable all day. I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to take my stimulus money. Um, and so I think grocery stores are going to continue to do well. I'm really looking at Albertsons and I'm looking at Sprouts. Albertsons because it's way undervalued. Just just went public. Um, I think people are spending a ton of money at, um, at grocery stores where they used to not um, before. They used to go out all the time. Um, and now people are just locked in. They're locked and loaded. Restaurants aren't going to open up for a long time until we get a – until we get the uh, vaccine, uh, and then sprouts, because I think people are. Li- there, yeah, there's so, the stock I mean, chart for uh, for Albertsons. Let me let yeah, me just uh, spread that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just go. went public. Yeah, uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, they're like an eight multiple, um, and then sprouts. Um, I think people are going more healthy. Sprouts sells like I don't know eighty percent produce or something like that. Sixty five percent produce. Um, and people going healthy, I think, is a is a trend, especially when they're locked in at home. And they're looking at themselves and they're like, you know what? Uh, yeah. Oh my gonna, gosh! This, can I just sprouts. say something? First yeah. of all, and don't take this the wrong way. I mean, first of all, that is such a Jordan, a Jordan pick. Okay, and, <laughs> and it's so lame. It, it is so lame. I'm glad you. I'm glad you gave this setup because otherwise, I just it would have been even more lame. I just. Albertsons, that is your stimulus 2.0 pick. I mean, I, I love it that you said it because who knows? It might just be the greatest stimulus 2.0 pick of all time. I just no yeah, way. Sprouts I is public and they're growing, right? So they're they're actually a growing company. So they're trying to open up new locations. SFN is the is the ticker. It's so crazy to me. Like the fact, I, you're right, Jordan. They are growing, and I don't even understand why because it's like. I feel like it's so counter everything that's happening right now. And what are you talking about? It's everything that's happening during this whole period. Maybe this, this period, period is lasting right. longer than you think that it's going to last. Okay, you, you you might be right about that. And okay, I think you it could might change be. people's trends. Like they could enjoy. They, people could figure out that they really like cooking at home. They feel healthier, right? They're doing something for themselves, and they're able to use that money in different ways, either for investments or paying off debt or you know getting a nicer house or whatever. Instead of you know, throwing money away at the service economy, you know. Okay, that's a thesis. Life. You know what? That's a thesis that I could get behind. Like, that's right. actually a pretty well thought out thesis in terms of you're saying. Yeah, I overthink everything. So it could be, I yeah. could be taking this too far. But I, 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 well, let me just say for a scenario, I think it's a valid scenario. I, I still am going to stick with my scenario uh, that I think is more likely, which is whenever this is over. Oh, I hope it's over at some point. Whenever it's over, mid now I'm thinking mid 2021. I don't know. 
I think people are going to go crazy rushing out to restaurants. And I think they're going to appreciate restaurant life like they never have before. I think people like us, my family, I, I just this week had this conversation when on vacation. I was like, dude, are we ever going to go back into a grocery store again? And, and, and here's what my wife said. My wife said, she's like, well, I don't think I would go in there and actually to shop but I would just go there just to walk around because like she loves walking around Somewhere stores. To go. Like she's like <laughs> she's like, but I'll probably do it at Target and I'll walk through the Target growth because she's gonna be in Target every day anyway because she just loves going to Target. She's like, I want to go into what said like craft stores and Target and just like ah, oh, she just want I I couldn't even imagine that drives me insane the thought yeah. of doing that. She should wander but around grocery, Costco because you know they're they're all masked up and they have been for the longest time. The grocery stores are mostly masked up even when Dixie is now masked up. So yeah. But I have fun going to Costco and I will I do look forward to getting back into a Costco because they've mastered the treasure hunt mentality and I you know I love a deal. So I, I, I love looking for some great deal at Costco. And I just, My problem with Costco is I hate crowds and it creep me out when I'm around too many people. And especially now, I'm like, no way. I do well, love not Costco, now. but I only go super early in the morning because I like to stay away from everybody. No, but 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 Jordan, Costco, oh, I just love it so much. Like even like just strolling, it's the best way to like see the new TVs, like better than Best Buy even. Because like the way that Costco has their TVs presented – it's just it's just right when you walk in. There's like an 88 inch 8K TV, and you're like, you just you want it so bad. Like every time I go in there, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And I never. Oh do. really? See, I I skip right past the electronics section. I don't care. Oh, about I TV love every stuff. section of Costco. <laughs> I love it. We do the tasting the food section. I love strolling through the meat section. I like I like going. I like checking out the office chairs and seeing if they have a new piece of luggage there. I mean, I love every bit of it. <laughs> But See, I, I I don't Costco's not really my thing. I like I like wandering around a Home Depot or a Target. Oh man, where I you can basically all day at Home yeah. Depot all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can I can spend an hour or two there. I can't I can't I, I mean I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the the, the least handy person I know, but uh, yeah. Dude, Albertsons. All right, no, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, but yeah. hell no. I, I well, Albert's is just because it's tra- it is trading at eight times right now. It's just it looks. Can so I just attractive. say this? I, I saw I saw Albertsons. in the comments someone um, talked about Blue Apron as being a possible stay at home version of that. Here's here's the chart on that. You, you have the thoughts only on that? company I hate so worse terribly. than Albertsons in the food sector is Blue Apron. I hate I Blue just, Apron too. I, I think they are the junkiest company. I would I can't get. Even if I just can't get myself to invest in either one, I think Albertsons is run so badly. Um, I just I think their stores are mismanaged. I think I have. I, I just don't have, necessarily agree with that. I do think they were in growth mode forever, so they've got a decent amount of debt just because they bought so many. They own um, all the grocery stores okay. now, right? They own, yeah, they own like I don't know. They're like Tom the Tom, all of it. They're the second largest behind Kroger. They are listen. They, any company like that that builds themselves through acquisitions, they don't have the culture. They don't have proper. They're just buying their growth, and I I, I hate those models to begin with. Um, well, so, and, so and the, you know, I actually know a former executive of Albertsons, and one of the reasons that they didn't really try to you know force culture, like force store changes or anything like that, is because 
the locals would hate it, right? And so they're used to like, oh, well, I shop at the Jewel Osco or whatever. And they and if they see it change names, they think that things have changed and they don't want to go back. And so they'll find some other local store that they've seen before. And so they found that it's best to like actually leave the name in place and then slowly make changes over time uh, to try to bring it up to corporate standards. So, they, I mean, they've got, look, I think it's probably a little bit better run than you might think, but yeah, there are... The, the debt issues there. For I, sure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize one of my neighborhood Tom Thumb was actually in Albertson, so because I kept going to Tom Thumb. Well, yeah, I yeah, love, yeah and I will say this: I will give them credit if for that being their mentality, because Tom Thumb is a beloved brand, as you know, in Dallas. Right, and they didn't and, want to mess up. They didn't want to mess with that brand, right? So they they kept the the brand around. Yeah, and 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 they that was nice. And it's not just you. Tom I mean, Thumb. It's, it's so Tom Thumb did the same thing, and it was it's Randalls and other parts of the country. There's like yeah. three of them, and so same thing there. They don't want to mess with any of that. Okay, so, so and and then they they can have like multiple grocery stores in the same city and have different brands to base, based on people's loyalty to one over the other. But all their generic house food is all the same. I'm not I'm not I'm not excited about your trade. I I understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I under I, I do understand. I don't even know if I'm going to make the trade, to be honest with you. So uh, I'm I'm just I'm looking at it. All right, listen, Jordan. I I do I do actually understand it. I get it. It just feels it feels counterintuitive to the long term trends post post all this, right? I don't know. If, yeah, this isn't like a this isn't a two or three year trade. This is probably a one year trade. I think. Oh, okay. That that that's that seems super reasonable. But know that the market's going to be aggressively looking forward when we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's my concern. That That is my primary concern. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. And so... Uh, but the, I, other thing, the other thing, the other headwind here that you've got is de-urbanization, right? And so I feel like that helps the grocery store. When you're out in the suburbs, you go to the grocery store. When you're in the, when you're in the big city, you go out to eat all the time. Okay. So maybe that's you, another... Uh, can we talk about de-urbanization for a second? Because yeah. I... I this is another thing. Um, I've been thinking a lot about it. You know, my friend and our friend, you know, Lee Drogan at S. He's a founder and CEO of Estimize, and I follow his Twitter, and he talks about this deurbanization movement. And I, I think, you know, I, I feel like he's been itching to move from Manhattan to Austin for the last five years. He keeps talking about it, and all of his friends have moved, and he thinks there's a massive deurbanization movement that's going to happen. I follow. You know, there's there was one string where people were like, oh, yeah, back in the mid 90s, everyone said that the whole world was going to move to Montana and work from there. It never happened. Deurbanization never actually happens or recently. Right. In the last decade and a half, two decades, it's been the opposite of what people thought would happen with deurbanization. So is this enough now with what's been happening this year to actually create a deurbanization movement? And as I've made my drive from Florida to Texas going through a tremendous number of rural communities, I just thought deurbanization sounds interesting, but the reality is, did, Dave, can you show that Trump flag that I took on the picture on the side of the highway? Yeah, I, 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 I just, and, and here's the thing. It's like, the, the, this is forget about Trump. This is not about Trump or, 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 or being pro-Trump or anti-Trump or any of that. It's just the, the, when you go rural and like deep suburb, it's just I don't feel like it mixes that well with the Gen Z. That these are these play. We kept seeing stuff like this on the side of the road. It's just so 
just nothing we would ever see in an urban area, right? <laughs> I thought that sign was so funny, that Trump sign. I'm going to uh, say something. Like, the Trumper loves them some Trump. If you know Trump, do, you man. Like really do, love some really Trump. Do. It is crazy. They do. I've never seen I just thought like it was it. a funny flag, a flag or whatever, a banner or whatever. I had to take a photograph of it. Yeah, it looks like they have like they're doing Trump merch sales out on the it side is. of the road. They, 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 there's road hats. Side. There's hats there. Yes, it was a roadside, and there were multiple ones all through Mississippi and Alabama and Florida. Uh, but I just long term, when I think about food, okay, I think about food, um, and I think about just uh, the interactivity of people intermingling with one another. Remember, even here in Dallas, we have a pretty robust suburbs that are only 25, 30 minutes away, like Frisco. And they basically develop their own little mini downtowns to replicate what it's like in a real downtown. And there was a time when I was like, you know what? I'm nervous about this because do I like, are people going to just hang out in the little, they have the same restaurants there that they do here in Dallas why would anyone come down to the city? Is this going to hurt like having a restaurant in the city, the real city where we have ours? But what happened? Those places, Dave, right? They've never really flourished that much. And people still, all the, all the young people are all moving to the city still. Like the last five, six years, like in droves, they're moving from the suburbs to the city. And the city keeps getting even more expensive even in areas like Dallas, which isn't a top three city, but a top 10 city, right? So I just don't know if I believe in the de-urbanization because when I think about how these the young people think and what they want in terms of that connectivity, especially if they're going to be working from home, they want to at least be able to go out to a bar, right, where there's like not the same hundred people every time from their neighborhood, but like half a million people intermingling randomly, right, from all, all over the place. Don't you feel? Yeah, that I mean, I don't think I don't think the young person is de-urbanizing as much as like the you know the guy that's our age that's been there for a while and he's like, you know what, I am done with this. Let's get out, right? So those are the guys that are going to. But I think they're de-urbanizing to an area that has Amazon delivery. Okay, <laughs> I think they're going to get all of their food delivery. I'll right. tell you, man. Once you get on the food delivery train, like I have, like my family has, I don't think there's any getting off. I just don't do it. I, I, I so we don't do food delivery. We do uh, we do like grocery delivery, um, but really I mean, we just delivery. make our own food. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's delivery. talking about yeah. grocery, Amazon grocery well, yeah. delivery, oh, both yeah. Whole grocery Foods delivery. and Amazon Fresh. I mean, I've used I've used them both, and I'm still using DoorDash and Uber Eats and those more than anyone could imagine. Yeah, well, even before this whole thing happened, we used um, the curbside at Central Market just because you don't want to drag two. We got a at the time, you know, two, three-year-old and a four- or five-year-old, you don't want to drag those kids to the grocery store. It's insanity. So you just pull up. They throw it in your back. Now you're scaring your me. It's amazing. Jordan, you're scaring me about yeah. our big investment that we made in, in kid kid carts. Uh, guys, if you haven't seen the Dumb Money episode on YouTube.com forward slash Dumb Money about our investment in this grocery oh, yeah. store kid car company i'm so psyched about it. i thought it was the greatest investment i heard they're still doing okay because they're selling to walmart now and all these other retailers but i'll tell you what people still go to the grocery store and i i actually go to the grocery store too so we'll go to albertson's the closest one that's right by us and we'll uh 
we'll venture through with the mask and the, you know, cleansing our hands and things. And it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, I, you know, at first they were really crowded, but now I feel like you just have a normal level of traffic going through. Um, and so I feel pretty safe. All right. Well, but our big, like our big weekly delivery we get. And then, you know, for fill in, still go. There it is. That's the that's the video to look for. Having fun oh, making that money title for so Christmas. Embarrassing. We're investing in WeWork. Oh, that was the worst investment <laughs> we've ever made. <laughs> the worst invest is that the worst invest? It's got to be one of the all time worst investments we've ever made. Uh, the uh, no, the one that the one that went bankrupt in like a week and a half was the worst one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we didn't have as much in that. And you can learn yeah. about all of these successes and failures on the original Dumb Money channel. It's it's actually kind of hilarious to uh, watch what we've gone through. Now, I do want to uh, talk about something that's before I get to the three, actually four companies or things that I see as my um, stimulus 2.0 trades. I, I want to address a conversation that's been going on in the chat for a while now. PayPal or Square. Okay. And... Uh, this this conversation, if you look at it, worldwide G trends for Cash App and Venmo, which I have pulled up here, this is not worldwide. This is a uh, Cash App in blue, Venmo in red. Look at what's happening. So we're with, blocking uh, Cash it. App there you here. Go. You see that? Yeah. Uh, Dave. And a Dave, reminder that, to that, people that people Dave, don't I, always realize that I Cash. Said... Oh, hello. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, I've said this whole time, I'm Cash App all the way because of uh, Gen Zers, man. I like, like, it's all Cash App, dude. Cash App has the social and cultural momentum, okay? And I think if there's one thing that Wall Street tends to be late understanding and pricing in, it's cultural and social momentum. So I am invested in Cash App, right? I mean, I'm I'm invested uh, in Square, uh, and that. You know what was, I was actually I, thinking about with Square? Like, what about? I mean, with the whole Cash App, and then you know they obviously do retail merchant services. Um, would they be bypassing credit cards like Visa, Mastercard altogether one day? Um, you know, and kind of stealing I, I market share there. I don't think about it that deep, Jordan, because I yeah. haven't had. I mean, I've had, I've tried, and I, I've racked my brain, and I, I don't really know. I just, for me, with the social ARB investing methodology that I try to adhere to, it's just all about that cultural social momentum. And like when I see something like Cash App accelerate the way it has with adoption of the right age people um, that are going to fuel all the future growth of these platforms, to me. They they're doing something right, and that's the company I want to be aligned with. That's the. Yeah, I just look at Square and what they're trading at. It, it's a pretty expensive stock. I mean, again, I get caught up on that, and I know you don't. Um, yeah. But to me, if they're going to meet up to that valuation, then you know, if they're if they start cutting out the credit cards from transactions and they become the like total closed loop system, I mean, that could be pretty interesting. That could be. Yeah, huge. I don't know if you the, the chart I had pulled up was the um, U.S chart this is actually the worldwide chart if i can pull that one up that that acceleration there on cash app is just remarkable and yeah. jordan you're saying the price is high it, it is but um this is uh year to date i think there's the one year chart and so yeah they they have really run up but uh it's a it's a stock that i'm definitely i don't know why i wasn't in it it's one of those have i missed the this, boat yeah this one kills me that i didn't 
catch on to that one earlier. I, I listen. I've only invested in this because of Cash App. I mean, that's yeah. it. I just I watch what's happening with Cash. When I, you know, the the Twitter analysis that I do every day, um, and about a year ago, even a year and a half ago, I started seeing this massive, massive swing in Cash App adoption, and I would do a lot of searches like Cash App and Venmo together because I want to see how people speak about the two. Uh, in terms of should I do this or that, or and, and a lot of what I saw was a lean towards Cash App, okay, and uh, and and so I just I like what I was watching, and I'm I'm happy to be in it. I don't overanalyze the company though; it's not like a super high conviction trade for me, but yeah. it's something that I I'm happy to be in. Well, and yeah. one of our Gen Z uh, users says uh, every single college student in high schooler uses Venmo. Uh, your money, spotting somebody's burrito, paying a haircut. I, I thought I was old school in using Venmo, but if Gen Z is also still using it, but that acceleration in the G trends of people looking for Cash App, that that yeah, that's to me. that's the interesting thing to me uh, because we use Venmo. I've never downloaded Cash App. I know about it, um, but when we pay a babysitter, or when we used to pay a babysitter before this whole thing happened, it was always Venmo. Okay, so. I'll say this. Um, I will take that feedback. Thank you, whoever said that. And I'll I'll, I'll start. You know, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm that what I used to see, I'm still seeing. Um, I wasn't aware that that. I, like I said, it's not everyone's with Cash App and not with Venmo. They're both killing it. They're both slaughtering it. Um, but I did see more of a lean towards Cash App. So uh, I'll see if that's still the case. If I think something has dramatically changed, I would uh, maybe think differently about that trade. Uh, so, Dave, you got four. I got two more, Dave. So why okay. don't you do you want a couple of yours? I, and, we'll, we'll kind of- and two of mine are are basically the same thesis. They are the people who, who take their $1,200 and immediately put it in the Robinhood account and immediately buy some stock with it. What are they going to buy? Tesla. They're going to buy a fractional share of Tesla. Yes. The, and, oh, by the way, I, I, or some I've OTM, heard. some uh, Tesla calls. I've heard that there there may be some uh, possibility of a Tesla ten to one split. That's being talked about. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> of course. Let me tell you something about Tesla. I'm just gonna. I just want to say one thing. You know what their best product is? Uh, their, their stock. That's the stock, best product yeah, that they're I'm, selling right now. Is their stock? Yeah. So, by the way, nobody does splits anymore that would be so weird if they did that'd be I, that would feel so wrong to me if they did a split because it just says what they're it's just so manipulative yeah. um it, it's a psychological thing that well, you there's no, no reason need. to do it anymore with all the fractional shares that you can buy now so there's you're no right reason. there's there's no reason there's to no, do it it costs the no company reason. money to do it yeah. dave so you just stole one of mine it wasn't yeah it is tesla's part of it it, it is the number one thing I see, the number one thing we saw with Stimulus 1.0 was that people took their money and put it into the market, uh, primarily young people that were dying to get into the market but never had an extra thousand bucks laying around. Um, I totally agree with you, Dave. I think that maybe one of the big, biggest things to come out of this stimulus is the stock market, right? Just people putting their money in the market. I think we'll probably see um, maybe as much as five to 10 or $15 billion uh, fresh getting thrown into the market over a short period of time 
uh, not dispersed evenly, but put into a small number of stocks. So I think a really interesting strategy um, to play Stimulus 2.0 would be to look at whatever the biggest Robin Hood, Hood stocks are uh, during that period of time. And I think, you know, we'll go back to one of my favorites right now, Ford. Um, you know, Ford might be one of them. Uh, Tesla certainly what would about, be one What of them. about GLD? Uh, you know, that that's, are you talking about as, as a Robinhood stock? Yeah. Are people yeah, buying gold? I mean, are listen, they going to buy the gold miners? Are they going to buy GDX? Are they buy, uh, uh, listen, I mean, it's all the rage. That's all they talk about on CNBC. So if you tune in and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go full on gold. One thing to right? note on Ford, uh, and it continues to be the number one holding on Robinhood, but that is one of the stocks that Robinhood gives you for free when you sign up. And because it's such mm. a cheap stock, it's one that a lot of people get. So there might be a, and, and it's the Robin track counts the number of account holders, not the amount that is, that uh, is being Dave, held in that stock. Thank you for, te- thank you. know why? So that, that, that I think. Like- is something that you just have to be aware of that that stock is kind of inflated in uh, in in Robinhood. I feel like such an idiot, Dave, for not. How did I not realize that? I would, you know, I, I was like, why is Ford? But that doesn't make any sense to me. And two, don't make any sense why Ford. Uh, the listen, spike I up like in Robinhood Ford. correlates with the spike up in new account openings across all of the brokers. They've they've all reported all these new account openings. Mm. And if that that trend line right there to me says a lot of people were given a share of Ford. Okay, so we know what the five, what the four or five stock, and they're cheap stocks. The, the cheap stocks that Robinhood gives out. So you have to exclude those from the list. So I exclude Ford from the list. Um, because Robinhood's giving out a single share, big deal, right? I mean, big deal. So we got to look at the stocks that people on Robinhood are actually uh, interested in and buying that aren't getting for free. GE, I assume, is another one of those freebies, right, Dave? Uh, I think so. It's a big, it's a big cap stock brand name that people recognize. Yeah. Um, I think now, American it, Airlines on this list here is probably people speculating. Disney yep. is probably people speculating. Delta is probably people speculating. And then number six is one that I have on my list, Apple. Okay, is that another one in your stimulus? That's, that's, one, of my, that's one of my stimulus plays. Both people buying more Apple stuff because they're back to school and they're going to spend their $1,200 on something useful like an iPad to give to their kids to be able to do distance learning. Um and it's a stock that people will be wanting to, you know, the retail investors on Robinhood will want to uh, put their fractional shares into. Yeah, uh, Dave, I, I could get, I could get behind that. Um, I can definitely get behind that uh, as a trade, as a stimulus 2.0 trade. But yeah, more than anything else, we're going to see a tremendous concentration. Call it single-digit billions to potentially uh, ten billion plus of stock being bought um when stimulus happens right i mean i don't know if it'll be 10 billion but it'll at least be single digit billions you know it could be three four five six seven billion dollars potentially of stock being bought with stimulus money and that's a big deal because it will happen over a short period of time yeah Uh, there might be an opportunity to trade that even through a derivative trading options even that week when you know the stimulus checks are going out it's something worth looking at i think uh, is that is that it for you, Dave? Um, as far as ones that I'm investing that that are my you know people 
speculating on Robinhood, it's Apple and Tesla. Um, I think there will be a renewed trend of people fixing up their home. So Wayfair is on my list. It had a, it was huge the first time around. I think that people were like, yeah, I really enjoyed that $800. What happened at Wayfair? Desk I what, what was that whole, uh, why did it drop? Was it, uh, there was like expensive furniture items on Wayfair. Did you hear about this? Yeah, there were expensive oh, furniture items. They were, they were, uh, they were child trafficking like, or something like trafficking that. Trafficking kids. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did, 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 is that why it dropped? No this, way. And, no, it, and it really didn't drop. It, it had a it had a little pullback, but um, yeah. it's it's at basically it it's all time high again on that uh, on that news story. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing, man, Dave. I, I agree. by the way, Dave, on the Wayfarer trade, uh, you know this is not the back to school episode, but a lot of these kids, including ours, like we're not sending our kids back to school. We're, we're going to, I mean, they're back to, we're doing, we're choosing for the remote option at our school and you know, our school district, they do surveys. Just, I think this is really interesting data. Now we live in a, a pretty conservative neighborhood, uh, but t- only 23% uh, of the parents said that they would prefer to have their kids uh, attend school remotely. I was in the 23%. Yeah. Um, uh, but even so, I think large parts of the country are going to be doing remote school at the K through 12 level, large, large parts, either for a part of the semester or for the entire semester. And as a result of that, like we are buying desks. So my wife just bought two desks. I think we got ours from Ikea, but I certainly people would go to Wayfair as, as a top choice for that Wayfair, Amazon, uh, Target ikea uh so we bought two desks for our two kids because we're like we're like we need to create a school in our house now so like we're trying to figure out where where are they going to be working let's get them actual desks to work uh i'm going to probably buy them uh each a new laptop for the school season so they actually have really nice you know not really nice but right now they're they're working off of like a four-year-old 195 dollar asus yeah they get your hand-me-downs Oh no, yeah, Asus. They, that, that was something you had to buy just for them. You you, yeah. you only would use an Apple product yourself. And we we saw a lot of this in the spring, right? When people, but but then people didn't really know how long this is going to last. You know, now at this point, we're like, okay, what do you need? By the way, Logitech, right? You know, uh, so you have Logitech, you have you have your Apple, just all the obvious picks for that. Microsoft with the Surface, yeah. So, Dave, you and, you and that's have, like a preview of our back to school episode. So, if you want to get your trades in early, that's probably what we're going to be buying. <laughs> I think the most interesting thing about our back to school episode when it happens is I want to do a deep dive on remote learning and I want to see who the real winner is. By the way, Zoom is up to like 250 bucks a share. Can you believe it? I'm so glad I didn't sell all my Zoom and I kept some of it. Uh, so, here's the thing I you covered my big one, Dave, which was the stock market. It's just the obvious winner. And so, by the way, a merit trade could be a trade there. Uh, that's obviously public. We're invested in Robinhood, right? Um, we already discussed gaming. I think it's going to be a big one. By the way, speaking of gaming, uh, you saw that article I sent you. Uh, we are invested. For those of you all that uh, didn't used to watch our old channel, The Dumb Money, when we invest in startups, uh, although this company is not a startup. They've been around for 17 years, I think. Uh, we have a pretty substantial investment in a gaming engine uh, called Unity. Uh, Unity is how most of the world's games are developed on the 
Infinity platform. And uh, we made that investment, what, two, two plus years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, I think we invested at a $3.1 billion valuation on the private market. Uh, the last I checked, I think they're valued at six point something billion. And there's a lot of buzz the last month that they are looking to IPO. I think they hired Goldman Sachs. So Unity is looks like they might IPO in the fall. Uh, I think the, the timing is perfect, right? With gaming being as hot as, it, hot as it is. Wouldn't it be awesome if they IPO'd it like 12 billion and had a little run up to like 15, 16, 17? Guys, we could make a five extra, five or six extra. Yeah, five bag would be great. That would help make up for the uh, uh, WeWork blunder. Oh, certainly, right? <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's why we, we diversify, even in our weird uh, private yeah. market uh, orders. You know, I knew that Unity was going to be a good one for us. I, that was one of my favorites. I went, in, I went in heavier on Unity than I did, on, I think, any of the other, most of the other, except for Robinhood. Uh, Robinhood's probably my largest, the largest investment I made in a pre-IPO private company. Unity is probably the second biggest. So I'm excited about that. But there is one other thing, guys, that I think is a nice stimulus 2.0 trade. Oh, and I have another one, too. Oh, you have another one, because too? I, because I've only given you Apple, Tesla, and Wayfair, and I have my fourth. Okay. So I'll so give mine first. Give your fourth. Uh, uh, one thing that happened during stimulus 1.0 was that the day that the stimulus checks hit, the number of applications uh, to buy, to per to file with the, I don't know, it's like an FBI registration you have to do uh, to file to purchase a gun in America, uh, went through the roof on every in every state. Like I was checking last night in all these states, it basically went up four or five X, depending on the state you were in. Mm. Uh, and, and that aligns ex with exactly what we saw with actual arms sales uh, and, and stores selling out. I think the same exact thing is going to happen with Stimulus 2.0. Um, now, understand something. It's not like, you know, 10% of the people that get a stimulus check are going to purchase a firearm. Uh, it might only be half of 1% or 1%, whatever it happens to be. But even if you get half a billion dollars of firearm sales, right? That or a billion dollars—that's a ma massive, massive amount of money in a short period of time being spent on firearm sales. And that that market is already red hot. You already can barely buy one. They're selling out. Smith and Wesson and Ruger are two of the publicly traded companies in that space. Um, my favorite doesn't actually sell firearms, but they're one of the world's largest ammunition uh, manufacturers. It's uh, uh, Vista Outdoors, uh, VSTO. Um, and I, I have a, so many reasons to be invested in that company. I keep talking about them. It's one of my favorite investments of the summer. They've done beautifully. I think they'll continue to do well through the fall. I think the election cycle is going to be hot for them. And now we have Stimulus 2.0. So just more reasons to, for me, I think this, I think for uh, 2.0, uh, I, I, I think I, I really like Vista Outdoors uh, more now than ever with knowing that we're going to get stimulus 2.0 in um i think firearms i might get a little more smith and wesson a little more ruger i already own both those stocks uh i think this is a really nice trade also there's the uh which is the company the small one did you see that i doubled my money 
or maybe 50, was it double or 50%? On Durrell? What? On Durrell Industries? No. Oh, yeah, on them, on Durrell. Yeah, yeah but no, on the, uh, was it Big Five Sport? Now, what's a sporting goods shop? Not Big Five. Is it Big Five the one that does all the firearms still? It's uh, all uh, some, something warehouse, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sportman uh, Warehouse. Sport, yeah, Sports Warehouse. Like it like basically almost doubled. It was crazy, and I didn't invest enough. I didn't invest enough. I should have. The reason why I didn't are. invest that much is because the stock trades so lightly. Right. I was petrified to buy too much of it, and. I didn't even realize how much it had gone up. It was insane. Um, so that's a – anyway, I think firearm stocks, ammunition stocks are going to do really well. Recre, again, I'm not going to get in this. The recre, This benefits the recreational stocks as well. Uh, maybe people – you know, we, we saw in Stimulus 1.0, people bought a lot of jet skis and they bought a lot of four-wheelers. Right? You know, we did multiple episodes on this, guys, the great outdoors. We also did um, – what do we call it? Recreational motorsports, right? Is that what we call that episode? Uh, I think it will benefit all of those stocks. But you know who else I think it will benefit? This wasn't. This is one I almost forgot to talk about. It's yet another big, big, big positive for my favorite, pretty much my number one stock in the world, Peloton. Right, Peloton. I mean, what better to do with a couple thousand bucks in your pocket, cash money? Going into the fall, when you know you're going to be stuck at your house, going into the, the the rainy, cold season of the year, then get your Peloton order in if you haven't already, right? I mean, is this not the greatest thing? Could, could this just add to the perfect Peloton storm right now? It's the greatest thing in the world for Peloton. Yeah, right? the only thing that could hurt them is not being able to deliver enough, right? Well, but this just... It this All this does, Jordan, is it fuels my thesis that I had back in March, which was Peloton will sell everything they can manufacture and deliver from now, which was March of 2020, to the end of the year. And I'm just looking for any area where I might be wrong about that. And this stimulus 2.0, if I was only 99.9% positive that that was going to happen— now I'm a clean 100% positive that they're going to sell everything they can manufacture to the end of the year because those stimulus checks, I bet the week the stimulus checks come in, I bet we see the wait times on Peloton pop up another two to three weeks, right? Don't you think that's going to happen that week? Yeah, we definitely want to keep a close eye on that. We should probably get our baseline now to see how many weeks out they are and see what happens the week after. I- I checked this week, Dave. The, the range is all over the place, the, the, and it's harder to check because you have to actually start your order process to see. But according to people I'm reading on in Twitter, it's ranging anywhere from four to 12 weeks. It's like a huge range depending on where you are in the country. Um, by the way, I know we, we're, we're getting a lot of we're getting excited about a lot of trades in this episode. I just want to remind everyone that we are not financial um, advisors because we don't understand or know your tolerance for risk. We don't know anything about you. This is about us. It's about what we're doing with our risk tolerance. We want to help you think strategically, help you scenario model, um, help you understand our methodology of social arbitrage trading, and hopefully have some fun and some entertainment along the way. But please don't mimic our trades. That's not what this is about. 
Um, and please don't take what we do as something that you should do. Do your own homework, your own research. If you need to, speak to someone, a uh, financial advisor of your own. But uh, but just don't know, pay don't, too much in fees for that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> we are <laughs> very anti-fee anti -fee when it comes to investing advice. Yeah, uh, by the way, Danny has an interesting comment uh, that Chris is more bullish on Peloton than Jordan, yet Jordan owns a Peloton and Chris doesn't and probably never will. Yeah, I'm a, I'm more of a, like a purist cyclist, so I think it's for me it's I think it's fine. Um, I don't really get all the rage. I think it's cool, um, but I know that there is. I mean, I'm still bullish. I own Peloton stock. You know, the interesting thing about the three of us, and we talk about this all the time, and I'm glad that we understand this about ourselves. Um, we're not we're not representative. Like jo Dave is not a representative person. Um, Dave is ready to like, uh, you know, man Mars tomorrow. Right. And, and have flying cars. Uh, and he's going to be can't wait for there. the flying cars. Right. <laughs> I've been waiting for that since middle school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way Dave's mind works is not normal. Jordan, Jordan certainly is far from normal. He is, yeah, he's like a purebred cyclist. He's an engineer, you know, no engineer, mind no architect mind is normal uh so i don't listen to anything that jordan says when it comes to relating to normal people because jordan's not normal and, and right and you Love know it. you know that i'm not normal we can say, we can say the same about you for sure right and so we it's not about us it's not about what we think what we do what we like it's about it's about understanding what other people are doing, right? And that's why we that we call it social arb. We spend a tremendous amount of time observing, observing life, observing what other people are saying. Um, our company, our last company, Ticker Tags, was all about tabulating the frequency of mentions of words amongst everybody in the world, right? Not, not us. And if more people were talking about a certain subject matter, that was a, you know, that was a, basically a flag that we should look into that subject matter that maybe interest levels are ticking up or maybe consumer behavior was changing or culture was shifting. So it's not about, you know, I love Peter Lynch back in the day. It was one of my favorite books as a kid, uh, One Up on Wall Street. But it's not about invest in what you know. Uh, no offense to Peter Lynch because he's literally an icon to me. Uh, it's about investing in what other people – in change. Really, it's investing in change. It's not about your change. It's about when the world is changing and the world around you is changing. And that's a perfect segue to my final investment that I am going to hopefully benefit from. And it's something I know nothing about, but it is purely based on what other people are doing and what I think that they're going to do with their money. Do you have a guess? Oh, what you think they're going to do with their money, but you don't know anything about it? Oh, wait, hold on. They're going to do something with their money that you know nothing Need about. Some sound effects. The Jeopardy theme would be nice here. What do you know nothing about? I know I'm pretty much an expert on everything, but... You, Are you ready? You know nothing about fishing <laughs> or hunting. Yeah. <laughs> or hardware or vehicles. Or vehicles? You know, no. Oh, it's you ready? Is it like Home Depot or Lowe's or something like this? No, no. Okay. Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin. I am by far the least knowledgeable about what to do in this crypto world. 
when Jordan mentioned gold earlier, I, I almost jumped through the screen to, to talk about Bitcoin. But this thing is going to go up, in my limited knowledge, just based on people have money. What are they going to do with it? Throw it in their Coinbase account and buy some of the only one that, that is the brand name that everyone likes. Right. Think Which reminds you, me, if you gave me the choice and said, you got to pick one crypto or gold, and I don't want to buy either one of these things, I would definitely buy gold. I would buy Dave, crypto. I have Dave, crypto and I don't have gold. Yeah, I want to own. I want to own crypto for that one week. That's it. I Aren't want to see. Own, th doesn't I, that make sense? Like people have yes. money. It's not real money to them. It's not money they were counting on. They for the, I mean, I understand a lot of people are actually worried about foreclosures or evictions and, and all of that, which also is coming to, like, all of this, the, 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 the what do you call it, the, the withholding of the ability to evict people, that's also coming to an end. So I understand that there's a lot of people who are going to be using this money to actually pay for things they need to live, but for the people who are, are going to see this as money that they wouldn't have had otherwise, it's fake money, it's monopoly money. Why not put it into the biggest monopoly money of them all, Bitcoin? Which reminds me, uh, we have um, something called Dumb Money Crypto Talks that I know nothing about, but we're going to show up and ask some questions of people who do know what they're talking about. DumbMoney.tv slash Crypto Talks. You can RSVP for that event. Um, thank you, Leon, for, for putting that together and, and putting our name on it. You know, I totally want to buy crypto for that now. Uh, I, I, I just, I, and I'm sorry, I'm going to sell it right after this event because it's just not, I don't have the comfort level. Um, and maybe I will after our crypto day, though. Maybe do you I still will have to get like away. some weird wallet from some random company. I, just... I can't do Depends that. Depends on again. what you're buying. Coinbase has a lot of them now. And My you're probably mind, in Bitcoin like, only. Exploded back when we were buying all the crypto a few years ago. Like I had all these wallets and stuff. Yeah. It was just insane. But here's the thing. Dave, isn't there a way for us to buy crypto now just in our regular accounts and with equity accounts? Uh, Robinhood. You can buy it in your Robinhood account. Oh, you can. You, yes. need to get, you need to be a hoodie, Chris. You get your Robinhood no. account going. No, no, no. I mean, isn't there an equity? that tr isn't there an ETF no. now? Oh, uh, I think there might be an ETF. We'll is have there... to ask that question uh, and how how well, it's tracked yeah, and what will, they're doing. We will find out from Leon. Oh, my God. If I have to wire money back into my Coinbase account for this, that's going to be a nightmare. Oh, but. I need to use. I was, I was, you know how I like to show my. I don't, I don't care. I'll, I'll show my stuff on the screen. But now I have to figure out how to get my two-step authentication with Coinbase. Leon oh. basically has personally consulted with me and told me that I need to get out of everything except for Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin, and he told me what split I needed to do, and I did that. So <laughs> I was going to check because I, yeah, I never look at my crypto at all. <laughs> but I all think right, it's I going might, to I go might. up. I might do a crypto trade and a gold trade on this, and I'm just like, I'll do a well-diversified stimulus two-point. I feel like coming out of today's episode, I have all the knowledge I need to have do a well-diversified uh, stimulus 2.0 trade that will encompass crypto and gold and Tesla and gun stocks and maybe a little even a little albertson's for 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 jordan although he probably won't even invest in his own pick right <laughs> and what was now i forget what was my what was my original pick uh, not you had uh, activision 
and yeah. Activision, right, and, and gaming stock. So, like, I feel like there's a nice little stimulus 2.0 bucket here that I will put together for myself to invest in. Um, Why is it so hard to uh, get into my own account? I now need to authorize a device. This is why I got out of crypto. It, I can authorize it on my phone. They got to make it easier. It goes through. Um, careful, Dave. People are going to look at the way your fingers are moving, and and and, and they're going to figure out what <laughs> code. <laughs> um, now I want to talk about another future episode that I want to do. I have so many future episodes, but there's one I spent some time researching, and I certainly don't have a super strong opinion on this yet, but uh, I want to do an episode about uh, essentially commercial office REITs, all right? So I, I want to do an episode on whether or not we feel, what we think is going to happen over the next couple of years in office, basically, you know, yeah, we talked about I, that a little bit um, over the weekend, and I think that that's going to be a really good episode. We'll talk about office. We'll talk about. I saw Simon Properties people talking about in the uh, chat. I, I both I, retail I, and uh, commercial office space. Yeah, I did. I did do a relatively small short position. It was like half a million dollars uh, short position on Boston Properties that I put in. I think it was like late Friday. I don't have a lot of conviction on that trade. And there is such a strong argument to be short that trade. And there's a pretty good argument that's almost as strong that says you should be long that trade. And I can't quite figure it out for myself. So I want to do some more work on my own. I want both you guys to spend some time doing work on just the office space, how is it going to change in 2021 and beyond? Is it going to have a lasting impact on that industry or is it going to bounce back? Because if you could figure out the answer to that question, you could make a lot of money on one side of that trade or the other, but it's not an easy trade, okay? It's really not an easy trade to make. And I think it would make for just an awesome episode for us to have that debate. And I also want to get the opinions of a lot of our community because you know a lot of the research I did was just people giving input and sharing intelligence about what was happening at their company uh, whether it was a big company or a small company you know what's being planned right now because if we could get enough intelligence about what's being planned right now you'll have a pretty good idea how this is going to shake out in 12 to 18 months. So this is one of those episodes where I really want to have a lot of interactivity with the community because there's a big trade to be made. And I just I'm, I don't have absolute confidence in what it is yet, but I want to get there because I think we can we can leverage social intelligence to arb that trade. And, but we, there's a lot of work to be done to get that, you know, to make that happen. No, absolutely. I'm I'm looking so, forward to your research and telling me what to do. <laughs> no, 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 you got you got you got to no, come I'll, to that with some good info. No, absolutely. So, um, man, I'll say this: I'm excited. Uh, as if, if you guys don't know that are watching Dumb Money, uh, we're doing some really interesting things towards the end of this year. I am at least. 
I don't know that Jordan and Dave are, but I think they're thinking about maybe doing something similar. Uh, and that's we have a lot of stocks that have gone up a lot. We also have a lot of uh, startup companies that have appreciated significantly. And I think that there's a reasonable chance that going into this election cycle, the Democrats might be successful. Uh, they could potentially even sweep and take uh take the Senate, which would be unprecedented. And that would, but we're going to have so many episodes on this between now and the election, by the way. But part of what we're doing personally is uh, I'm thinking about starting, uh, or I am starting a charitable foundation, a private foundation. I'm moving a lot of my big win stocks and big win companies into that foundation. It will be a foundation with millions of dollars in it. And I have this goal of growing it to like a billion dollar foundation one day, but the first step is to grow to a hundred million. And to get there, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, we just like now, I always felt like I had this weight on my shoulders for my own family and myself just to put food on the table to like trade well and invest well so that I'm not living on the street in 10 years. And I'm finally think I'm over that hump, right? Like it took a lot. Like when is enough to be over that hump? But now I have a new weight on my shoulders and it's like the weight of wanting to like help accelerate, you know, curing, you know, leukemia, you know, pediatric leukemia and pediatric cancer and so many other diseases that are affecting kids. And just there's so much we can do, dumb money, the dumb money crew here to make crazy money over the next 10 or 15 years and then to figure out how to allocate that money to help the world be a better place and that weight is even a larger weight than the weight i had on my shoulders from my own family so we got a lot of work to do and now that i'm back from vacation i am ready to do the work i'm ready to do the research uh if you haven't subscribed to dumb money you trust me you want to subscribe because we're going to be working our butts off the next year figuring out how to generate um, outsized returns on our portfolio like we have been doing for the past 14, 15 years. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I have a personal track record. I've generated about 80% annualized returns, I think, roughly over the past 14 years. And I intend to continue to do outsized returns. Uh, now it's not for me personally. It's for others. Uh, but I'm going to do that. Jordan, Dave, I think you guys feel kind of the same way. Uh, whether you're going to make that move this year or next year or in some future year, uh, we have a lot of work to do, right? Yeah, I'm somewhat close to being able to, to you know, with my goals to being able to do that. So I, I'll be making that move. Yeah, I, would, I, I doubt it's going to be this year, but probably next year. Um, I do have a hot sports opinion, though, about uh, about um, capital capital taxes coming in to play next year. Um, Why? So I've got a theory that people might take some of their long-term long-term gains this year um, in preparation for next year when they could go to your normalized tax rate. So like a, well, well, a wait, December so you just go to cycle your gains. So you cycle your, yeah. I mean, so like you get close to the election, you see, Hey, it's going to be Biden. You're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to anything that's a long-term gain. We're just going to go ahead and grab it. So we can lock in that no. lower tax rate. And but then Jordan, uh, because they Jordan. know if they're going to sell it next year, they got to pay their full, you know, their, their full tax rate on it. No, no, Jordan, Jordan. So it, here's the thing. I thought about that. If, yeah. if uh, the administration, whatever the new administration is, decides to raise taxes next year, they, they, 
I'm not. It's not. It's legally possible, but I think unprecedented that they would retroactively do that for the current year. It would always okay. start. I think it would be the following year. Yeah, yeah. It would, it would start in the following year. So, yeah. I, I I know what you're saying. I think what you're saying would happen next year. Yeah. Not yeah. this year. Okay. So. Uh, I, I don't I believe me, I have run these scenarios through my head because I'm thinking the same thing. And uh, I don't think that's a concern this year, maybe next year. But, yeah, it's something that, it's something that could definitely happen next year for sure. Yeah. And that's and that's why I'm uh, wanting to get started as soon as possible with doing some charitable giving and trying to allocate some of some of these gains so that we can give this money without paying taxes first. Well, well that's the thing, Dave. So it's like, it, I don't want to, if I want this foundation to be as big as possible someday, obviously. And I don't want to sell something, pay a bunch of taxes on it, and then give a smaller amount of money to the foundation. If I can give the foundation, you know, Unity, for example, my shares in Unity, uh, and have that be a million dollar donation to the charity versus if I have to sell that unity, I'll pay $300,000 of taxes. And then I'm only giving the foundation 700 K instead of giving the foundation a million. So like I'm, there's some stocks in my head and some private companies in my head that I have some big gains coming that I think I want to give that stuff before I cash out of it. Right. So that the foundation won't have to pay taxes on it, and then the foundation's starting with a bigger base. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the goal there. Start, you know, start we'll sooner see. than later, and build that foundation up to the hundred million dollars that is your lifetime goal. Yeah, and by the way, if you uh, are, by the way, I want this to be a family thing for the dumb money community. So part of what we'll be doing, I will be doing, I think Dave and Jordan as well, and um, we'll all be making our own decisions. Part of having a charitable foundation is legally, not that you would have to wait legally because you'd want to do this, but legally you have to disperse 5% of the value of the foundation every year to charitable causes. So while 95% of our time will be spent on making money for the foundation, you know we're going to be spending a little bit of time trying to figure out how to allocate the foundation's money in a way. And you know how cheap we are, right? how frugal we are. When I give money to charity... I want to make sure that it is done in the most cost-efficient way. I want to get my biggest bang for buck. If I'm going to give my money to a charity, I really want to find one that's doing great work, really cost-efficiently. So when we start this next year, uh, we want to lean on you guys. If you have you know, charities that you know of, for me, it's all about pediatric charities that are doing amazing things. Um, help surface them for us. Like Help us figure out what's the best way for dumb money to be giving this money out because we'll be giving out six figures, you know, annually uh, at dumb money to these charities. So, you know, hopefully you guys can get involved in that process. And this whole channel that we have here can be about more than us all just making money, right? It's about us making money and then you helping us figure out how to disperse that money to for the greater cause. That's it. Well, before you go, <laughs> though, it. you have to hit the like button. You have to subscribe, hit the bell so that you're notified when we're on. You have to subscribe to my other channel. Hey there, Dave here. I did a video um, last week. I did a video, I think, the week before. I'm getting back into making videos again. 
I might try to do a daily video just uh, as the stimulus thing is happening. I've been toying around with the idea of that. I don't know if I can do the production. It just kind of blows my mind. But we have this channel on a podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on all of them. You can follow us on Twitter. Here Dave, is where you Dave, can find us on Twitter. To my new favorite Twitter account. I got to give a shout out. Yeah. At Jordan McLean. Jordan <laughs> has been on fire on Twitter. I don't know what's happened. What are you doing? Dude, Jordan, you've never tweeted. I barely tweet. But out of nowhere, I'm like, Jordan's popping up on my Twitter feed like <laughs> like lightning tweets all day, all night about all subject matter. Like he's a comedian. And like, what <laughs> what is happening right now, Jordan? What is this? Who I love it. I love um, it. It's it's called I have a I have an IPA and I open Twitter and it's my favorite it's time. Of tweeting. My He's favorite, my favorite. Instead of getting an alert from Twitter, I get a text from Jordan saying I'm drunk tweeting again. Somebody stop <laughs> I me! I love it. I love it. <laughs> so if you want to get in on the drunk tweets, you got to follow at Jordan McLean. You don't want to miss it, guys. You don't want to miss it. I promise. Absolutely you. need to follow him. Um, we also have our Discord server, and you can get invited to that by going to dumbmoney.tv slash Discord. We also have merch, dumbmoney.tv slash merch. I feel like I have a title for some of these things. Anyway, we have comments on this video. If you've made it to the very end, if you're one of the 520 people that stuck with us to the very end, we appreciate it. Oh, we so never much. talked about the, we never awesome. talked about the, the damn subject. Oh, the thing we tweet, we, we teased at the beginning and then forgot to talk about it. Oh my Let's god! Talk about it. We can talk about it real quick, or we could save it for later. Um, I do I have the the uh, text that you sent me. Getting late. I feel How long like we've been on. What time is it? Twelve forty. Long 12, time. 45? An hour forty-five. It's a long time. Um, let's do a little dance. Let, let, let's do it. Let's do it. It's, this is our. It's, we said we were going to do it. We can't not do it. This is our one more thing, right? Well, we'll make it brief. But <laughs> one it's more really thing that we almost forgot. Because Major flooding in China right now. So that's kind of what we, that's that's the issue. And so, you know, if you don't know about the Three Gorges Dam, it's like the largest dam in the world, um, engineering marble. Um, and it was finished, what, like in the early 2000, I mean, maybe mid 2000, something like that. So on dam terms, it's a baby, right? This thing is brand new. Um, and so it's kind of the the pride of, uh, of China. And also since it was done, so basically it was done to, to be flood control for, um, this river that has, you know, tons of issues. And since it was built, uh, it's kind of doing what it was supposed to do. And so people have built, you know, built up around, um, around this river. Um, and so, you know, if this thing were to break, um, you can have a lot of problems downstream. It's already caused a lot of problems upstream just because of how much water it's holding back. Um, and so, you know, we, the thing is, we don't really know what's going to happen right now. It's holding, um, if you kind of want to know why it could be an issue, I think, you know, when, when they were about, I guess, two thirds done building this thing, um, the Chinese government, you know, brought in some American engineers to, you know, inspect the dam and, uh, kind of give them a thumbs up on, Hey, you're doing the right things. And, uh, the, American engineering firm kind of said, no, you're not welding things right. You're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. We think that this thing is uh, not built quite up to par. And so um, now that you've got water coming in faster than we've had water coming in ever in this dam's history, uh, there are some concerns on if it's going to hold or not. Um, also, looking at maybe um, 
40 inches of rain in certain areas upstream over like a two day period that can happen. And so, you know, while this thing is already up about 15 meters, uh, it could get another 10 to 15 meters. And at that point, um, you could be looking at some big issues. So um, what does this all mean? I mean, one thing is human devastation. So look at this picture. I mean, that's how much water they're releasing from the dam right now. Insane. Um, the biggest thing is, um, you know, besides the devastation, what could, you know, what investing ideas can you get out of this? Um, you know, uh, so the, the Chinese government has already started um, uh, buying corn and wheat from the United States. So this could be like a commodities type play uh, that you could make. Um, I haven't really thought about any equity, um, any equity issues, but I mean, this could, this, I mean, this could have a huge effect on China's economy. What are your thoughts, Chris? Um, so, yeah, I'm here's what I don't understand about Jordan. Like I was researching it. And on one hand, it seems like it could be the biggest black swan event of the entire year. And I mean, including all this stuff that we're going yeah. through right now yeah. for everybody, not just China, because it if this dam breaks, I mean, it will literally cripple China in a way that's maybe 30 or 40 times worse than this virus. Right. And that will cripple the entire world as we know it because manufacturing, supply, I mean, there's just so many implications. I never knew how instrumental this one dam was for the entire continent of China. It's mind-blowing to me how big of a deal this potentially is. We're talking about not millions of people. We're talking about hundreds of millions of people impacted. I mean... It's insane. Look, this thing could... So think about this. There's already estimates that there's 40 million people impacted. And that's just from the upstream from the dam issue with all the flooding. But, right. But Jordan, um, and so was... this thing bursts. And I mean, Wuhan is down um, stream from this thing. Uh, but Jordan, Shanghai is down stream from this thing. Here's what doesn't make sense to me. Um, like, I understand that. And I see it and I see the rain that's potentially coming this week. And it seems yeah. like it's a realistic threat. Let's say 20 percent, even 25 percent. Um, it seems in my from what I'm reading that that's realistically a 20, 25, 30 percent. That kind of seems realistic. That this dam could blow. And if the dam blows, it's it. It's over. Like this is catastrophic. I expect I was thinking last night when I was reading this. Oh, man. Wow. This is. The market's going to get destroyed this morning. At least China market is going to get destroyed. China was up overnight. Like, what yeah. am I? Where is the disconnect here? How could this be this real, mm -hmm. and yet have the Chinese market be up overnight? I doesn't make any. I'm I'm so. So the Chinese government is basically coming out, and I. So I sent you this um, picture, Dave, because this is you know where the conspiracy theories come in, and who do you actually believe? The Chinese government is basically saying, like, you know, everything's fine. Um, and so look at the tweet that shows the side-by-side -side information. Oh, is it uh, not uh, this one? Uh, so that's now, wait, a, so that it, one is showing a potential crack in, uh, in the dam. Um, basically, like some water leaking through. So that's a potential, that's a real potential crack. Okay. Um, Here is that side-by-side. The side-by-side. So this one, some I heard people that basically come out and said, like, doctor. what's that? 
I heard that photo was doctored. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard it was doctored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the issue with this photo is that, like, so that's the good one. This is the bad one. And so people are saying that, look at all the deformation in the dam. And China's come out and said that the, the dam hasn't deformed. But that's ridiculous. Like, the like concrete doesn't bend like that. I think the deformation in the actual dam is on the, you know, centimeter scale, not on the meter scale. I mean, look, this is obviously just a – it's either doctored or – it's just an effect of uh, photos yeah. from satellites or something like that. So people are trying to make a big deal out of this photo. I wouldn't even consider this a part of the issue at all. I think this is a red herring. Um, but there is deformation in the dam. And the biggest issue is that there's a lot more water coming this week potentially. And so that's what people need to keep their eyes on. Right. And so, you know, I think uh, the Government basically said the dam's good for another 15 meters of water, um, which, you know, that's a lot. That's a, that's a, it's a lot of water. So, um, so, so, but, but do we so, think it's going to get 15 meters of water? Like, what are the chances of it being more than 15 meters this week? I mean, I mean, it's huge rainstorms. I, you know, I haven't done, I, I'm not a hydrological engineer, but the people that are hydrological engineers in China are like kind of raising a red flag right now and saying that they're nervous about it. Because uh, the science become, isn't exact, right? I mean, there's no way because it's not; it, it can't be that exact on the well, dam. Everything's just so. Like right now, you've got rainfall estimates, and some of the rainfall estimates are pretty severe. Um, but as you know, I mean, there was rain predicted here today, and I haven't seen a drop yet. So, you know, what's predicted versus what actually happens, uh, and also we really don't know how this dam is going to react if it does get that much water, right? We've got the government saying that it's good to a certain, you know, level, and then we've got. Uh, American engineers that have studied this dam that say that it's not built um, up to a high enough standard. And so um, I think it's really, I don't think there's any way for us to really know what's going to happen. So, oh, and then, oh, so here's a good, so there, here's another issue too, is that um, it's not just this dam, right? And so we've already got major um, issues going on in China. Um, we've got lots of dam failure. We've got um, a lot of aging dams. Um, and this water's not stopping. So even if it doesn't bust down this dam, it's busting down other dams um, and causing havoc um, just around around the country in general. Do we know historically what have have weather related? What 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 has happened in the China markets for other? Is there even anything we can compare it to that might be similar? Yeah, I don't know. I think this is an outlier as far as rain um, is concerned. This one's pretty big. By the way, speaking of rain and weather, it's really odd, guys. I mean, I, I also want to do, you know how I love my hurricane, my hurricane trades, right? I love them so much. I mean, I've been doing this forever. Guys, if, if we get a hurricane situation uh, in the Atlantic or the Caribbean, the Gulf, uh, dumb money is on top of it. We have insurance trades we've done for years. I think we really have this do you know, trade down. Do you know how, how excited you're going to be if there is some weather-related event that we get to do a live? You've wanted to be a hurricane chaser for as long as I've known you, for like 20 years. This Dude. will be our first time to actually be live on YouTube during a weather event, and I, I'll get my green screen out, and I'll be pointing at things. It'll be awesome. <laughs> We, if there's a, if there's a major hurricane, okay, let me just say this. If there's a major hurricane threatening the coast come this hurricane season, and I think there might be because we're one degree, I'm already working guys on this. Yeah, we're and beacon, one roof, beacon over, roofing, I saw, they, they know yeah, your trades yeah, already. 
<laughs> no, I mean there, there's there's a there's an area of the Atlantic that you kind of measure the water temperature in that zone, and it's over one degree higher in that zone right now, which is a huge amount higher uh, than it should be from average. So th- the setting is there for a really nasty hurricane season. No, we have insurance companies that we track and that are publicly traded, uh, and we do this every hurricane season. That in the event of a direct Cat 4, Cat 5, strong Cat 4, Cat 5, direct hit on Miami, Fort Lauderdale, these 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 companies are bankrupt. It's a trade of a lifetime, quite honestly. If it ever happens, it is a trade of a lifetime. We're talking 50x returns, all right, if we nail this trade, if it happens. Of course, if that ever happens, we're talking about such mass devastation on humanity and animal life that it would be absolutely horrific. So it, it makes for a really tough ethical trade because like you don't want to get to a point where you're hoping that happens because it's horrific um but you can't control if it's going to happen or not so if it's going to happen at least make a ton of money off it that you can then donate to people in that area uh to help them out to help out the animals to help out the people but we have so many hurricane trades we've done this every year for 10 15 years in a row um we will be running live specials on the hurricane unlike you've ever seen before you're right dave we want to have a channel that did nothing but track hurricanes we and had we'd a, be down there at the beach. We had a business idea once where we were going to basically set up, get a satellite truck and do live. We, we were going to do like hurricane chasing before the Weather Channel was even doing it. We were going to have like be on the scene with with all kinds of like programming content from the middle of the storm. Dude, we we could use a couple of the Broncos that that Ford stock is buying me, and we could set them up as hurricane vehicles uh, for next year. But what was fascinating is in Florida, it was the weirdest thing, guys. We would have two to three storms a day roll through, all right, in the panhandle. It was very abnormal for that time of year to have that many storms rolling through. The, the surf was so rough. At you know the Destin area, Rosemary Beach, uh, Seaside. That the last three days we were there, they actually closed down. She's in that room, dude. They they closed down the beach, okay? Because uh, there was a drowning that happened this last Wednesday. In fact, the drowning it was really sad. It was a dad was saving his ten year old, and the dad was actually a search and rescue guy who did search and rescue on the Mississippi River for 15 years. So he's obviously, he's 33 years old, strong swimmer. He got caught up in a riptide in a beach that was just miles away from the beach I was swimming at with my 10-year-old son at the same exact time that this happened. And he saved his 10-year-old son, but then he got pulled back out and he died. Um, the riptides were crazy strong. Lynn is out on his yacht, as we know, in the Bahamas. Uh, hello, Lynn, if you're watching. I think he probably is today. Uh, and he decided to come home from the Bahamas because he's gotten caught up in multiple storms, 40-mile-per-hour winds, four- to eight-foot seas at times. I mean, yeah, that video he said that he it was sent- so— at five in the morning, being woken up by the storm that you was have that just video? blowing sideways. That I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick. Video. It's he has, you know, he has a, what a 90, 80, 90 foot yacht, and he's out there at Chub K right now, and he has he's just like normally this is the calm season to be in the Bahamas in the Exumas, right? Normally it's so calm. It's the most beautiful time. It's a little hot, but it's beautiful sailing and beautiful time to be there with a the boat. And he's having to come back to Florida because it's just so unpredictable right now with these storms. And I just, I don't know. I feel like this could be a sign of a really rough hurricane season. So 
Jordan, one thing, I want to get on top of this dam story this week. If there's a potential dam break, we need to get ahead of it, and we got to trade yeah. this thing. Okay, that, that is like another – that's like a whole another March of 2000 trading the virus trade like that people are, are not paying attention to. The news isn't covering it yet, really. I don't think Shockingly, Wall Street's paying attention. I mean, attention. this is a huge deal. Um, it is because – you know why, Jordan? Because there's so much noise and whenever you have this much noise out there related to you know the virus or anything else, we don't pay as much attention to other things that we normally would, yeah. and that just creates opportunity for investors. So if you know, I want to spend a lot of time. By the way, we'll have an emergency live episode if we find some stuff. If, if we think the damn story is potentially getting real, really real, we'll cut in with a live episode. So make sure when you subscribe to Dumb Money that. You hit the little bell so that you get alerted if we happen to do, you know, a spur of the moment episode. Because if we do that, and on your mobile device, something- allow those notifications from YouTube to come through and set that bell to all for our channel. That way, that that gives you the best chance of knowing that we're actually on. It's it's hard to predict, but hopefully that would be the way to do it. We'll also, yeah. if when I remember. And I forgot to do it this time, but if I push this button, it sends a an alert out to our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, our Discord channel. So all at once, everyone knows that we're on. So I just did that. Sorry, it's the end of the show. But if you're joining okay, us so now, Jordan, I did find that video, that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, stay on top of that. I'll be looking out for your tweets and your text. If, if, something, if you see something really happening, text me right away because I want to get on it. Oh, for sure. You. Yeah. Um, it, it's a huge opportunity. Did, did you? Are you still looking for the video? No. Here now is the video um, that Lynn sent us just the this other day. This is at five in the morning. Imagine waking up to this. Yeah, it's it's I amazing. Mean, you guys won't be able way. to hear the sound, but but the, um, they will on YouTube. disconnect that they had to jump on that set it out so it was crashing into his boat um not a fun way to wake up at four or five in the morning by the way you got to say you know everyone's probably saying rich people problems uh but <laughs> it's just man i'm telling you i think this is like a, a sign i'm telling you, the weather was not normal uh down in the Southeast United States in, in, in the sea. I, I just think it's a dark sign of what's ahead come yeah. August. Uh, August, September, October, right? Yeah. Uh, really, September is when we're going to get these bigger storms, most likely. All right. So, Dave, I haven't even had breakfast today, so I, I got to get out of here. I got to <laughs> eat. That's going to do it for today. Be sure you tune in on Thursday. It's going to be right, probably 15 minutes before the market close. We're going to go on live because we're going to be covering Facebook earnings. Amazon earnings, Apple earnings, and Google earnings. I don't know that that has ever happened where all four of those big fang stocks have released earnings at the exact same time. And we're going to be covering it live right here on Dumb Money. And we will see you Thursday.